cliffcentral.com Yes! <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. morning, 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 morning. Jack, how are you? I'm fantastic, big guy. How are you? Very good. Excellent. How could I be worse? Look at where I am. Yeah, oh, man. I so am. Beautiful. I heard some. I heard some birds making a big racket. So I walked outside, and on the little roof over here, yeah, was a was a Franklin, um, which jumped down and kind of ran into the grass. You know, no matter what happens politically, and we've got Democracy 101 a little bit later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But no matter what happens politically in this country, you got to admit, there's some things even the ANC can't fuck up. Definitely. Definitely. And you happen to be in one of my uh, favorite provinces. I absolutely love Mpumalang. Like if, yeah, if, tell me why. Um, it's just so beautiful. I mean, the drive in, lit, just, just that alone is enough yes. to, to convince anybody just how amazing this country is. And... Honestly speaking, I uh, uh, a couple of my friends grew up in Bushbuck Ridge, and the first time I went to visit, just maybe an hour while I was there, I was like, "Okay, that's it. I'm retiring here. This is where I'm going to retire." Well, you know, I mean, it's it's green, it's fertile, mm. it's arable and beautiful, and the people here are generous to a fault. I mean, I, I again, you know, I'm dealing with. Um, with people at one of these lodges who are obviously the most hospitable people in the whole world. So yeah. it's not necessarily true. I'm sure there are some disgruntled, grumpy, unhappy, miserable people all over Pumalanga, just like there are all over every other part of the world. But Definitely. certainly, I mean, to, to these American tourists, uh, well, they're not tourists, they're here for a project, but to these Americans who are seeing this for the first time, you kind of appreciate your own country when you see it through someone else's eyes. Definitely. Um, more than you would if it was just you, you know. Mm. And mm. yes, Slippery Pickles, correct. I was actually here for the ANC's 112th celebration. That's right. I'm just a very bad cater, but that's that's where I was. You, you figured it out, Slippery Pickle. You're right. There's no point in hiding it anymore. Yeah, it took him all of two minutes to figure that out. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So we do have uh, Democracy 101 a little bit later on. We're going to talk to Mark Oppenheimer. What a I guy. I shared a clip of... Uh, yeah, he's amazing. And, and uh, Jack and I get to ask him all the questions, mm-hmm. the definitional stuff, you know, like kind of the really basic civics questions that you would ask if we had this stuff at school. Definitely. That's essentially what it is. Mm, mm. And, and uh, we get to speak to him for an hour. That's between seven and eight this morning. And of course, you can get it on a podcast wherever you are, whenever you like, and listen to. Uh, the brilliant Mark Oppenheimer. That's coming up later on. You were going to say? I was actually going to say, like, a lot of us take for granted uh, how uneducated we are about some of these things, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think the conversation with Mark will definitely open a lot of... It's most certainly opened my eyes, that's for sure. And as a result, I'm in a better position to understand the inner workings of the country that I live in, more specifically from a constitutional standpoint. So it's going to be great. Good. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot to talk about besides that, though. Um, I see that America's election season is kicking into high gear. They had the Iowa caucuses yesterday, which is where the Republicans are busy trying to figure out who they want to vote for in those Iowa primaries. Mm. Um it's never really been a good indicator of who will be president, though. As I recall, Clinton didn't win in the Iowa caucuses, and the, the name Comeback Kid comes from what happened much later on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think George W. Bush won in the Iowa caucuses. So basically, if you do very well at these, it's not necessarily a good sign. It's, it's not a good part. It's one of those things you actually don't want to win, seemingly. Well, necessarily, because there are others who have won the Iowa caucuses and gone on to be president, but they are few and far between. I don't know. I mean, you know, America's election season is like four years long. Yeah. At least at least in South Africa, we've got a couple of months of it this year. Um, and, and of course, some of them have been campaigning since day one. But I think that at least our election season doesn't last the whole time between elections as well. Definitely. However, Whereas in America, um, you know the 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 political landscape in America can be extremely confusing. Like there's 
you know, senators, you've got the House of Representatives. Oh it's like there's it's it's everything in America has to be extra. Like if it's not big, it's not American. So the more confusing well, it is, the more Americans love it seemingly. So imagine if we also had to vote for our premiers on the ballot every in every province. Mm. Imagine if we also had to vote for judges, which they do in America. You know, you vote for your judges. That's great. So yeah. So they have to, they're pretty much in election mode all the all time. All the time, yeah. But I was I was talking to uh, an American man yesterday about what's happening over there. And, you know, the, the, some people are very engaged and they pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I always think, like, there's a healthy kind of Goldilocks zone where you are interested in politics. You know a lot about what's going on, so you're not an ignoramus. Mm-hmm. You're you're informing yourself so that you know what you're voting for or what you're voting against. Mm-hmm. You've got to be you've got to be aware. You've got to be um, let's just say attentive, careful about politics because otherwise you'll just get bamboozled by everybody. Right? You won't yeah. know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. But then there's also there's a point where you take it too far, and I think we've got to try very hard. I certainly do on this show. To make it interesting and informative and useful, but I don't want to be one of those people who talks politics all the time. Yeah, it it can be such a dull experience because I mean, when you consider the the backdoor deals and uh, the half truths and alternative facts that we are fed half of the time, yeah. is it 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 can be a little bit hard to keep your head above water trying to understand exactly what's going on. But you know. For the most part, I think we just need to know enough. It, it's, it's, it's not necessary for us to know every single thing that happens in politics. Just enough for you to have a well-balanced opinion. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Mm. All right. So let's talk about some of the things that are going on in the news this week because there's quite a lot of that and we didn't do much news yesterday. So um, Uma Lucy, who's the, they're the governing body for matric certificates, examinations, all of that stuff. They have encouraged employers to verify if the matric certificates are authentic Mm. as there are people selling fake certificates. So the guys who actually watch the process and are supposed to be responsible for this are saying, oh, as an employer, it's your responsibility to check that someone isn't bullshitting on their matric certificate. Mm. So I mean, but when you I don't know what you make of that. Isn't that their job? It should be their job. And like, you know, last year with the whole, um, that Matthews Lani character, I refuse to call him doctor. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's become abundantly clear that there's a lot of people who are cutting corners in this country. However, making it the, the employer's responsibility to double check people's credentials is insane to me. Well, here's the problem, right? Is like already employers in this country and I'm not an arch capitalist who believes that the employer is always right. We've often said on this show that uh, big companies in this country deservedly come under a lot of criticism because they are, uh, they, they, you know, there are people in, in corporations in South Africa who are just in it for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. They don't really give a shit. They will make terrible bedfellows in the ANC and outside of it. Horrible people. Yeah. <coughs> So bless you. We're, <laughs> so we talk about about corporate South Africa, and there are obviously lots of problems there. But for heaven's sake, do we have to also place responsibility for checking that certificates are authentic with these companies? What else do you want them to do? Are they like the only parents in the room, and everyone else is the infants? It's seemingly right? going in that direction. Uh, it's at some point we oh. might only be able to trust the private sector, which is a scary oh, I think we're thought. already there. Mm. We're already there. I mean, you know, we, we looked at that trust barometer at the end of last year. You consider how little trust people have in media, yep. how little trust people have in politicians, mm-hmm. opposition and uh, governing party politicians. Mm. Uh, you look at how little trust people have in uh, the, 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 the NGOs, the Chapter 11 institutions, all of that stuff. The only people that are left are private sector institutions, yep. uh, businesses. And now we're putting even more responsibility on them. I don't like this. I don't like it either. It it shows a uh, level of laziness that is very difficult to stomach. 
It's like, but do you guys not keep record of these things? And if not, what what the hell are you doing? Like, it's literally your job to keep up with these things. It absolutely makes no sense to me how they're shifting responsibility from themselves to the private sector, as if the private sector doesn't have enough to deal with. Hmm? Exactly. Hmm? Exactly. Um, I also think that you know, we do have this parent-child relationship between the government and the people of this country. And I see in Times Live yesterday, this is the headline uh, on the Times Live, it says there, Half of South Africa's population are 100% dependent on state welfare. Wow. And ANC leaders boast that this is a good thing. That is terrible. You know, well, this is the thing we really have to sort out. Forget everything else. If we expect 50% of the population to, to rely entirely on money from the state, Guess what? Those people, and, and this is something we've got to discuss because I see loads of comments, and we even discussed this on the show yesterday, so it's not as if this is the first time we're bringing it up. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen on social media, there are people who are happy to just take a handout from the government, even if it's a piddly 350 rand a month, which I don't know how anyone can survive on. Yeah. But if you're getting money for free, you don't appreciate it, right? So. You'll, you'll take 350 Rand and you know there'll be another one in a month's time. So why would you bother getting a job if if somehow, I don't know how, but if somehow you can survive on that, if, yeah. if somehow it, it, it just makes it possible for you to live the most basic existence. But if your, your water, your electricity, your social grants are subsidized by government and you're content with that as your life, that's a that's an us problem. That's not a government problem. That is an us problem, definitely. So what is what is it in a South African who's accepting this grant? What is it about that person that makes it okay for them in their heads that they're okay with three hundred and fifty rand a month, and you know very basic services? And when I say basic, I mean like just basic, absolutely basic. rock basic. bottom, right? Yeah. What, what is it that makes that okay? What sort of person wakes up on this beautiful Tuesday morning and goes, well, that's my lot in life. I'm going to settle for that. Is that a lack of ambition? Is it a lack of, 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 of vision? Is it a lack of education? Is it, a, um, is it a, just a, a motivation problem? Like, wh where does this come from? I'm really, really fascinated at why people would accept this as their lot in life and not want more. I think it's it's a combination of things. Some of the things that you mentioned, as well as, you know, I, I sometimes we don't give people enough credit. I think uh, a lot of South Africans have looked around and seen their situation, and for the most part, I think they've just given up. It's it's a thing of, you know, just coming to consider, like coming to understand how large of a task it is to actually lift yourself outside of uh, out of your current situation i think people have sure. decided you know what there's it's such an uphill battle that i might as well just settle for this i think that's what it is wow well that, i mean it's just, it, i don't expect you to speak on behalf of these people i, I mean i don't know anything mm. about how it, to me it just seems like you kind of given up on life and on yourself yeah that's that's where I think it is because joking atheist even asks here is the uh, the real reason for this because of a poor economy or a lazy culture like if it's both here's the thing if you gave one of these people who's a grant recipient let's say you gave them a hundred thousand rand yeah let's just say our country was flush with money so we discovered oil off the west coast of uh, the Cape, and uh, you know, and they, and they were actually smart enough to go and drill there. And we suddenly discovered that we have so much oil here that we can enter the ranks of Norway and Nigeria, and you know, some of the Gulf states. And we were exporting just barrels and barrels of oil. And the country had such a surplus that the president was smart enough to say, "Well, we're not going to take this all in as tax. We will actually give every South African a hundred thousand rand, hmm. and that would solve a lot of people's problems, especially." A lot of middle-class people who owe a lot of money on credit cards and have accounts and debts and bonds and all kinds of things. But 
it's not going to it's not going to allow you to buy like a million rand house or anything. Definitely. But what it will do is help you. Now I wonder what a grant recipient who's used to 350 rand a month would suddenly do if their account was flooded with 100,000 rand. I'd think it'd be and gone in a month. What would they spend? I mean, we're, 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 this is us just guessing, right? Because mm. again, there are no statistics to tell us what the economic behavior of these people might be. What do you think they would do with that money? I'm just curious. Uh, you know, the do all of the things that they've seen on TV that they would wish to do, like all of the very uh, low, you know, the low hanging fruit, right? So you're definitely throwing a party. You're buying expensive alcohol. You're buying expensive food. Uh, most probably you're going to buy a couple of expensive items of clothing. And I do not see it lasting more than a month. In fact, I might be, I might be a little bit generous with that. It might be two or three weeks. I don't think it would last Jesus. a month at all, at all. Because when I think about some of the people that at I at all, 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 like I, I, when I think about some of the people that I know who receive those grants. Um, there's not too many of them who are trying to increase that 350 rand by investing it in some sort of a business or, no. you know, well, I mean, no. listen, what do you so, look with, with fairness? I mean, 350 rand is such an insult to everyone it really and their is. dignity. You know, this government always talks about dignity, but I'm sorry for 350 rand. First of all, there's no way to survive um, yeah. on that, that alone. Mm -hmm. Like you would have to have some subsistence farming going on. Mm. You'd have to have someone in the family who's supplementing that income. Yep. It, you, it is impossible for anyone, no matter how careful and judicious and parsimonious they are, yeah. there's no way you can make that last that long. So to even discuss like investing part of that 350 is almost outrageous, right? But I'm asking about 100,000. So you reckon they just blow it with them? Yeah, and this is no. an average. I mean, you and I are just speculating here. We have mm -hmm. no idea. Yeah. But... You reckon it would be gone in like two weeks? Yeah, it'd be gone. Just gone. Ah, it would be gone. And the only remnants of that money that they'll have is the physical items that they bought. So if they bought clothing, that would be what would, you know, be the the physical result of that money. But outside of that, I, I think they would splurge. Because I there's, there's, there's a... I, I always tell uh, my friends that I, I don't call this country South Africa anymore. I call it Mponeng. Uh, that means look at me in Soto. And right. I, th I, I think in South Africa, if you are not seen doing things, you are not doing things. So if you give people 100,000 rand, they'll be doing things to be seen more than anything else. Okay, so again, let's just dig one layer deeper than that then. And I promise we'll move off of this subject in a minute, but it's perplexing the hell out of me. Mm. If that is the motivating force, if that for somebody is a, is a, if that would make them happy, even if it's just for like a day or two. Yeah. Why, why do you think someone's life? And again, listen, I'm not one of those people who says you shouldn't have nice things. You shouldn't mm -hmm. be able to spend your money on stuff that you really want. Mm. I'm, I'm all for that. I mean, hell, you know, I, I, there are some things that I really like that I collect, that I've bought, that give me huge joy. Some of them are stupid wastes of money. Others are, you know, things that I think I will treasure but might not be valuable to other people. And some of them may be valuable intrinsically. But yeah. I'm not going to try and spoil anyone else's fun here. I do have to ask, though, if you are in the depths of poverty, which means you're receiving a 350 rand grant because that's all you've got. You have no prospects for employment. You have no real future ahead of you. Uh, you've kind of given up on life, but then you get a hundred thousand rand. You blow it on alcohol, shoes, whatever it might be. Mm. What is? What is? Is it impressing other people, or is it to make you happy, or is it just consumer behavior without even any thought? It's just like automatically money comes in, must be spent. You know, like we also need to keep in mind that status buys you a lot of things. So. If you are of a... Uh, wait, so so that's interesting. So you say status is linked yeah. to conspicuous consumption. Yes. And so... You are important. You are an important, valuable person yep. if you can spend money. Yes. And your propensity to spend money um, also kind of points to your level of generosity. 
And the more generous you are, especially if you've got a lot to give away, your your stock in in South African uh, in the South African populace goes up a little bit. You know, there's 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 a lot that comes with having that kind of lifestyle where you know mm. you are someone that is looked at as something to admire that someone wants to be close to and so if you get a hundred thousand rand from the south african government by whatever fluke chance you are all yeah. in in all likelihood you're going to make sure that the people around you know that you have money and you have you have a willingness to spend that money uh Joking Atheist says, give the people a job they're rewarded daily, give them a social grant they're rewarded once a month. And mm. Joking Atheist saying more or less the same thing. Um, you know, social grant will give you a meal, but that's about it. Yep. I actually and, and saw Belladonna, Belladonna says how how other people think is a very perplexing subject. Someone says pride, JP says pride, keeping mm. up with the Joneses Instagram, Instagram style mentality. Definitely, definitely. What's interesting, yesterday on Instagram, of all places, I saw a very cool clip of these Ghanaian young, uh, young people who were hmm. being handed out packets of rice as part of some political campaign, and they threw them back in the van. They were like, fuck you, uh, give us jobs. We right. don't need rice. Patronizing. It's absolutely patronizing. Patronizing. Mm. Uh, so Andy says, I know a person that earns 100,000 rand a month, but wow. two days before payday, they don't come to work because they have they don't have petrol in their car. There you go. It's not just people who don't have anything. There are people out there who earn a living, and there's there's this huge joke about you know uh, gents that live in Midrand. Um, they'll have great cars. <laughs> yep, they'll have great cars. They'll have a great job, but they've got no furniture because it's about how the world sees you. I think South Africans are very uh, invested in how the people around them see them. And if if you are not of a particular status or class, it's it's presumed that you will not receive the same amount of respect or dignity that someone else, that, that someone else who has a lot more money gets. I find it absolutely unbelievable that it's just like a bottomless pit for some people. Imagine you're earning 100,000 Rand a month I'll tell you right now, that's more than than I've ever paid myself um, by a long way. Mm. And you have to budget. Like, I can't not come to work for the last two days. Mm -hmm. And I'm on much less than that. So it seems to me there's that the poverty is in their mind. It's not, it, it has nothing to do with their actual material situation. In other words, nothing. If you are the kind of person who has a poverty mindset, in other words, you can. You don't know how to make more. The cake is only so big. Mm. Uh, you got to grab what you can while you can because mm. you're not actually sure of how you got paid in the first place. So, in other words, you are you are you are unable to understand and manage money. Then it doesn't matter how much I give you because yep. you're going to run out. Yep. If I give you a million rand a month, you'd you'd find a way to piss that away as well. Mm. And and that's scary. I mean, do you think? Basic financial education would help a lot of people, or do you think it's not? It's not even an education thing. It's like a this is an attitude thing. It's, I think it's a combination of both. It it's from when I consider just how uh, like budgeting was never something that was popular. It's it's never been mm. a part of our everyday discussions. Like yo, you need to have a cushion of you know, just in case something goes wrong or anything like that. I think as well, a lot of people have, you know, grown up with not much to go around. And in their minds, it makes a lot more sense that, look, man, I, I've got 100K today. I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I've got it today, okay? And you telling me well, to save does not really help because <clears throat> ultimately, if I go back to my circumstances next week and you were telling me to save... I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to do the things I haven't had an opportunity to, to do before I got this 100K, you know? Right. right. And I think yeah. Dave Chappelle captured it very well in one of his uh, comedy specials. Apparently, he was talking to his dad, and his dad said, listen, you are not poor, you're broke. There's a difference. Poor is a mentality. Broke is a, uh, is, is, speaks more to your financial situation. 
And unfortunately, in this country, what I've observed is that a lot of people have that poor mentality. They don't realize that they actually just broke. Well, uh, Mapelo says, I think this is an interesting insight, because you know what? People, most of our audience, I think, live in cities and towns. Mm. So we don't really know what rural South Africa is up to. And I spent a bit of time in, you know, Bushbuck Ridge, which you mentioned earlier uh, on, on Sunday. Yeah. Mapelo says, same thing happened in my village. People got land claims, money. These are poor people. They mm. blew it up on alcohol, built unfinished two-room houses. Some even bought cars, and they can't maintain those cars now. I mm. drove through uh, one of the villages here, and I noticed a lot of these unfinished houses. Like, you get mm. this concrete and this brick, but either it hasn't been plastered or it hasn't been certainly hasn't been painted. Oh, the roof I mean, there's is some missing. houses that roof is missing. And I look at this, and I think, surely finishing that so you can live in it would be the first priority mm. clearly either people ran out of money or it's not a priority and they've spent that money on something else if mm. they did have it mm. it boggles my mind i just i don't understand it like if i were living in a house where i still had bricks and mortar and and it was unfinished and the wind blew in through windows that hadn't been put in and you can't live in a house like that. It's like that's like living in a cave, right? Mm. There's a, if you don't have doors and windows, and you don't have uh, your walls plastered properly, you may as well be living in a cave. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of these people are. That that I cannot get over that. That's just the weirdest thing to see. And then slippery pickle brings up something very interesting. This actually comes up in Democracy 101 a little bit later about the qualified franchise. Social grant recipients shouldn't be allowed to vote, like how children aren't allowed to vote because they essentially they are wards of the state they are children of the state mm -hmm. therefore they shouldn't have a vote in how the state is run what do you think of that 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 for me is a difficult uh line to draw um because l let's also keep in mind that we are speaking about individuals here and to you know put out a blanket statement like that eh, it, it it's a uh, it's difficult yeah, but, for me to come to terms <clears throat> doesn't it stand just just on a logical basis, like I, I've discussed qualified franchise for years with people mm -hmm. who have, have asked and who have had ideas around, you know, you get one vote for this, you get two votes for that, three votes for that, whatever your level of responsibility in society is, you get more votes. Mm. And if you're a social grant recipient, you are completely dependent on government, right? Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, there, there is some merits <coughs> to it. It's just... In practice, it it's it, it becomes a lot trickier because, truth be told, there are some people out there that are actually using that 350 rand to, you know, to some extent change their no, circumstances. No, but that's not the point. It's not yeah, the yeah. point. I don't I don't care. I don't care what you're doing with it. My, my the only point here, and I think this is what Slippery Pickle's saying, is that if the government is your only source of income. Mm and you are completely held together by that government grant. That is, you're dependent on it, which is why you're getting it. Doesn't matter what you do with it. You, by virtue of taking money from the government, instead of paying taxes, mm. you lose your right to vote because you're not contributing to everyone else. You're only taking for yourself. Therefore, you are not responsible enough just on the basis that you're taking a social grant. You're not responsible enough. You are not... Um, you're, and because you can, you can't control the means of your own, uh, hand in the pot. Mm. In other words, if you are not the person who's making the country bigger and creating income and wealth and employing people and starting a business, delivering a service, creating some kind of product, if you're not doing that, then how can we let you have a say in how the government works? Cause you'll just be taking more for yourself mm. by definition. Yeah. It, there is there's a good argument for this there is and come to think of it like you'll you'll in all likelihood uh just vote for the political party that gave you that social grant to start with you in all likelihood right whoever gives you the whoever gives you the most money yeah you'll 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 remain uh un, un, unbelievably loyal to that political party uh, because of what you're receiving. I think there is some merit to that. It's, it's just something I'm going to have to think about a little deeper. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, I can see that. Okay, so we, hmm, I feel like we've work. been talking about this. I feel like we've been talking 
two days straight about this so let's yeah. move on <laughs> yeah. uh, but we do we do just by the way we do get into some of this with uh, mark oppenheimer in the second hour this morning mm. all right it's half past six let's take a look at some of the other stuff that's going on in the news um this is quite an interesting story apparently scientists in the uk are researching ways to deal with potholes for good mm. so at the university of cambridge they have looked at projects including a digital map of where all the cracks and potholes are to roads that self-heal with resilient materials. Uh, one team is working on gathering data gleaned from the sensors of modern cars to digitally map out the holes in a country's roads. Um, because you know these days your car can warn you if you know, you're going on a bumpy road. Yeah, there yeah. are a lot of these very advanced cars that can tell you how close or far you are from everything mm -hmm. um, that will be able to map the terrain in front of you, that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's not as if human beings will need to report this stuff. Yeah. And, and, and frankly... Frankly, even human beings reporting this stuff is not such a bad thing because, I mean, that's how apps like Waze work. And I find Waze just absolutely the best app on the market when it comes to getting somewhere. Mm, it tells you true. everything about your route. It really does. Um, scientists walk through a virtual reality simulation of what sensors are capable of picking up on, which even includes the size and position of a pothole. With cars becoming smarter, this team at Cambridge believes they can gather enough information to help them get a much bigger picture of what the problem is rather than using a few expensive vehicles with special scanners. And they've developed a robot at Liverpool University, which uses AI to identify potential potholes and it to they'll start testing that in public roads all over the UK shortly. Um, other researchers have been working on materials that can withstand more wear and tear, whether they can self-heal, which means you know, the, these these materials are able to create like extra elasticity, yeah. expand into cracks. Um, they can pull various um, molecules from around them in order to build new molecules. I mean, it's amazing what can be done now. Yeah. And the team has been working on self-healing concrete. One method involves capsules within the road surface which contain a healing agent. Mm. When ruptured by a crack, the healing agent comes out and fills it. Another researcher is investigating thermal properties of materials that could be added to our roads so that they can maintain constant temperatures, cool in summer, warm in winter. That would be amazing. What do you think of that? I think that is absolutely amazing. What I, what I will say, though, is uh, there won't be too many South Africans are gonna, that are going to be happy about that, especially the ones that get tenders to fix the roads, because, Gareth, it's yeah. crazy. So from the time I was... Uh, you know, smart enough to actually know what tar is and all of this stuff. My dad used to point mm. out this uh, road that we'd use on the way to school. Like, without fail, every year, the moment it starts raining, there's potholes everywhere. So yeah. those that are, you know, given the responsibility to fix the roads know that it's a continuous, uh, it's a revolving door in terms of how many times I have to come in and out to fix this thing. So I don't think too many, uh, there'll be too many uh, people that are in uh, the industry that'll be too happy about that here in SA. However, for those of us who have got at least two brain cells to rub together, we, this sounds like an amazing step forward into the future. It's awesome. Well, I mean, fortunately in South Africa, we still, we still need people to actually take the jobs and do them. Yeah. And luckily we have, you know, because of unemployment being as high as it is, we have lots of people who would make for good laborers to fix these roads. And mm. thank God, then they'll earn some money. The roads will be fixed. But at the same time, it's administered so badly that you almost wish a bit of AI was in control of this. Definitely. I saw such a funny video yesterday of like people at the airport throwing luggage around, you know, those luggage handlers. Mm -hmm. And it said the caption underneath was this is why robots and ai will eventually do these jobs yeah because these guys are like taking people's bags and like Just throwing them, them violently against things yeah, yeah. Mm. and you always wonder like i don't know about you but every time um i've i've pulled my bag out on the other side first of all i'm relieved that i actually got my bag back yep second of all you check you always check straight away if it's been broken into mm. and the third thing you check for is like they the the damage to the actual luggage now i don't understand how anyone would buy expensive luggage like you see people buying these louis vuitton bags and all the rest of it in south african airports mm. they are going to destroy your stuff even if you wrap it in plastic or whatever else it's just it's a nightmare why yeah. would you want to put something so valuable in the hands of people who just don't care 
And um, I wonder if with roads and potholes, we'll ever be able to implement some of these things, which would, I suppose, just, you know, take that out of people's hands. I, I, I would hope so. And, you know, truth be told, some of these jobs, like, as you mentioned, uh, at the airport, if we're being honest, that's that shouldn't really be a person's nine to five like that really isn't a job like uh, some of the security guards that I've come across like they just literally sit there the whole day and press a button and open a gate and then close it and that's about it so i, I don't know like i feel yeah. like people need sure, to be given guards, yeah. yeah they need to be given jobs that you know uh, give them a bit of dignity that way they they know that they are contributing uh, to the country but, in a real way sure mm. but then there's a responsibility on them to be able to deliver services to be able to do jobs Definitely. that actually are valuable. Mm. Like if you can't do anything useful and you make yourself unemployable because you have no skills mm. um, or your attitude is very bad and you're like one of these people who sit on their ass rather and receive a grant to mm. go back to that, then why would anyone want to employ you? Yeah, definitely. Because right? you're, you're going to be a shitty um, employee, that's for sure. So I love this. Joking Atheist says there's a new Russian AI application called Chat KGB. <laughs> it's asking all the questions and you are obligated to answer them. Oh, we will wow. ask the questions. Yes. <laughs> uh, Yonda says, I've been in Joburg for five days. Oh, good. Because Yonda's always telling us uh, how the rest of the country is fantastic. I mean, that Cape Town's fantastic and everything else is rubbish. Mm. Yonda says, everywhere I go, there are potholes in Joburg. And yesterday, even... I saw dams on the road. There are robots um, off all over in derelict buildings. I miss my country, Cape Town. Yeah, Yonder. Mm. You know, welcome to welcome to the the South Africa that you thought you'd moved out of. This yeah. is the ANC South Africa. This is so. the wild, wild west. Welcome to it. Mm. Yeah. So Yonder again making the case that the ANC shouldn't be in charge of anything, let alone social grants. I actually don't trust anybody that believes that the ANC should be in charge of anything. I can't take you seriously after you say that. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> You've disqualified yourself from having any conversation with me by saying that the ANC is a great ruling party. Did you see they were handing out, um, what's this, chicken licking to a bunch of mm, young yeah, South we African people? Yeah, uh, we actually showed a picture yesterday it's on the disgusting. show um, that was shared on social media. Well, is it? It is. I mean, again, what's the difference between giving these people a 350 rand social grant every month or giving them a bonus if they come to the ANC's birthday party and they get some shikid? Oh, what's wrong with that? There's a lot wrong with that. I don't think if I were to start talking, you wouldn't be able to get me to shut up, honestly. There's a lot. So why does it bug you? Why, why does it bug you? Because I think we've been we've been talking about this already for the first half hour. But why yeah. do you think this is? It why do you think it's wrong for a political party to give people a meal at their rally? Because it's patronizing. It is. It is. It is condescending. It's. So if it what if it is those things, then why do the people accept it? Um, truthfully. You know, given the, the, the position that a lot of people are in, most probably some of them haven't had, you know, that might have been their only meal for the day. Um, and it all, for me, it's, it's about the landscape that uh, the ANC has put us in. And then instead of solving the actual problems, they just put a Band-Aid over a bullet hole. And it, it's just hard for me to reconcile the idea within itself. I, I don't think political parties should be allowed to hand out those kind of things at all. Have your rally or your uh, your party or whatever and have people come through and meet up with you, but you should not, by law, be allowed to hand out any type of package to uh, potential voters. I don't think it should well, be allowed at all. You just... You just You've just ruined the ANC's whole uh, campaign. Yeah, because ultimately what it'll what it'll have to become about is that you're going to have to show up and tell us things that we actually want to hear. You're going to have to give us more than just, hey, I've got two pieces of chicken to give you if you come to the stadium. No, no, fuck that. Tell me exactly how you're going to make my life better. How are you going to change this country? How are you actually going to fix your mistakes? Can we start there? 
Well, Wendy says, may those words ripple beyond this echo chamber. I think this is such a valuable point because often we'll talk about these things and, you know, the rest of the countries, maybe not. I mean, I, I do think there are so many people are listening to like radio, reading old kind of delivery, new, news delivery systems. Yeah. Maybe they're not having these conversations. May those words ripple beyond this echo chamber and reach the ears of those inclined to vote for the party who doesn't care about the people of this country. Mm. Uh, I, it is my experience that you change these things one person at a time. Uh, Mapello says that doesn't look good for chicken licking. Maybe not. It but doesn't. they just, I mean, for them, for them, it's like, sure, we'll do this contract. What, what's the difference between that and catering for your party at your house? Definitely. Huh? To them, it's just business. Yeah, it's just. And I love this. I love this. Sorry, uh, no Joking worries. Atheist says, on, an, on a serious note, Ace Machashula said that he is not going to allow vote rigging now that he, <laughs> he has his own party, implying that they had vote rigging exactly. in the ANC. Ah, we've got another yes. Figile Mbalula on our hands. Yeah, finally coming out with the truth. Yeah. Now we know what was going on before. Yeah, Unreal. which is why it's like you cannot trust these people. You can't. You just can't. Well, it's not just us because HML says here, in other news, a local council in the UK spent £7,000 on a new bathroom in their building with heated toilet seats, etc. Just what the people wanted, heated bogs for government. Wow. You know, again, government is a sure way of making everything more expensive mm. and much less reliable. Yep. Any On any given situation, and this is where I, I have an ongoing argument with you know the, the capable state people who say, well, if we, only we had an efficient government that knew what they were doing. Uh, I don't think there's such a thing anywhere in the world. I just don't think there is. You don't think so? Like anywhere? Like totally? Just, just... No. I think there are there are slightly better and slightly worse ones. Yeah. But honestly, uh, you know, by virtue of the fact that governments exist, they take tax from people at gunpoint. They then abuse and steal and misappropriate and waste that tax money mm. on stuff that is not a priority. There are very few gov governments that have been able to implement policies that really change people's lives. And often when they do, it's not good. Mm. Like they choose bad things. Yeah. Not good things. And, uh, you know, like um, of late, I've become a very uh, big fan of Russell Brand's um, YouTube uh, channel. And he points out yes. a lot of really interesting things, like especially about this decentralized government, like where, you know, people are left to their own devices, essentially, where you as a community make up uh, your minds as to what type of life you want to live and it's just you you know the government only shows up in a very small way and ultimately I think if we put the responsibility more on ourselves and you know push this government stuff to the side we are in a much better position to actually change our lives because we are the ones that have to deal with these potholes on a day-to-day -day basis because they are on our roads and the only time you'll ever come into contact with a government official is when you are perhaps at one of these rallies. But 90% of the time, we only see these people on TV or listen to them on the radio or whatever the case may be, but we do not come into contact with them at all. So I think mm. our best bet is to just bank on ourselves. In fact, bet on ourselves and bring about the change yeah. we actually want to see. Cause these guys are not going to do it. They're not. Yeah. Uh, so Tolo is agreeing with you. Tolo says, Mponang is very true. The measure of wealth in South Africa is how much you spend. Yep. Yep. And, you know, we, we use these buzzwords, you know, generational wealth and uh, mm. all of this stuff. But a lot of us don't know what we're talking about, which is why, like, we've got a show in this country on television. It's called I Blew It. And I mm -hmm. know it's not a specifically South African thing of people misusing uh, the fortunes that they receive. But I think we have a longer list of uh, people who'd be willing to jump onto that TV show because of how we spend our money in this country. And as I said, everyone, well, from what I've seen, most people just want to be seen. They, it's, it's not enough that you have that money in your bank account. 
people need to know that you have it in your bank account. And the only way to do that is by going out and buying things that are indicated you know, it's of amazing. that wealth. That is that is literally the opposite of what really, really wealthy people want. Extreme. It's opposite. exactly. It's like it's the it's the it's the polar opposite. It's mm. a, the wealthiest people I know. You would never ever. They don't talk about money. Yep. They don't show how much they have. They dress like in the most ordinary clothes. Mm -hmm. They they quietly do things that the rest of us could never afford to do. Yep. But they don't want people to know they're doing it. It's mm. like. The more you can keep quiet about it, the richer you are. There you go. That's exactly it. And I think uh, the wealthiest amongst us are the people that understand that there's there's a lot more your money can do. It's not just about the instant gratification of, oh, I like that. I want that. I'm going to get it's it now. It's amazing. It's, it's, there's, there's a lot more to it. And I think sure. the the the... The truest meaning for me personally as an individual, uh, the truest meaning for wealth to me is having a place to sleep, having something to eat, and having a worthwhile pursuit for your life. Everything else can be added on on the side of that. But those three things to me are what wealth is all about. And the longer you can extend that for the people in your immediate family, and in fact, let me just say your family, the more you can extend those three things, the wealthier you become, by my estimation. And honestly speaking, I, I don't buy into the narrative or the idea that I need to wear certain uh, branded clothing or drive a particular car or... I'm not into that at all. I couldn't be bothered by those things. Is it nice to drive a 7 Series BMW? I imagine it is. But if I, if we leave at the same time and I'm in my Kia Picanto and you are in your 7 Series, you might be a little bit more comfortable. But guess what? We're going to get to Bushbuck Ridge. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, that's it. It's destination versus journey. Mm. You know, uh, you, you have to have your eye on both. Some people say, no, life's, life's a journey, not a destination. Other people say, no, it's a destination, not a journey. Actually, it's both. the, the, the journey is like living in the moment and, mm. and trying to have a good life, spreading kindness, doing things for other people, mm. uh, having people in your life you can love. And as you say, having a purpose, yep. a meaning in your existence, yep. that's way more important. That is true wealth. It and is. then the destination is like having goals in your life, like not waiting for the government to give you 350 rand. It's mm. just wild. Okay, so we've gone full circle here. Yes, we have. Um, Vivek came last. Trump ran away with Iowa. So, so piveled. I don't know what that, I think piveled is, that's not a word I'm familiar with, OBY. So if you want to explain what that is. <laughs> Never heard piveled before. I think you just made that up. <laughs> um, so that's interesting. That's what's coming in. Mm. Uh it's mostly sad people blow up their pension money and spend the rest of their lives poor. Yeah, mm. that's also true. Like mm. how many people in this country, We I remember we did a financial education show once and we had somebody in who was busy looking at, 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 a, at a broad spectrum of South African society to figure out how many people in this country actually save for retirement for old age. And it's, it's a tiny, tiny fragment, which yeah. means all those people are going to depend on not only the government, but on their own kids and grandkids mm. to live. Yep. Yep. And, and we we're not a we're not a society that saves. We're not a society that um that knows how to how to live off of a pension. Mm -mm. You know, we're we're always spending more than we have mm. and not saving anything. Yep. Which is scary. It's I it I'm gonna keep saying this. It's important. If if yeah, no one sees you, if no one sees you, then you're not doing it. And and to be honest, social media hasn't helped in that regard. Because, uh, you know, you get to curate your life so that people can watch. And half of the time, you're not living the life that you put out there for people to see. And, you know, people aspire for these hollow two-second reels that, that, you know, just don't hold water. And right. for whatever reason, that's what everyone loves. And it's, it's just shocking to me. Hey, if you are chasing clout today and you are hoping to get likes and uh, get your video to go viral, if that's your, if that would make you happy today, I hope it happens. But in the long run, that's not going to be enough.
it will never be enough. It's not. And you know, it's it's so here, it's for sorry, me it's ahead. it's you know, uh what I was talking earlier on when I mentioned that um pursuit that you need to have in your life. Um if if your vision is clear about what it is you're trying to achieve, you are less likely to be uh you know, put a put astray by you know, some of the things that pop up in life. Like, honestly speaking, I'm not a morning person. I do not enjoy being up before the sun is up. But because <laughs> I genuinely... How's that, go- how's that going for you, by the way? <laughs> look, I, I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan. But I find uh, my goals so important. Like, I feel I genuinely have a purpose on this planet to entertain and inform. And I've I've put in the work to speak in a manner that is interesting, that people want to listen to, and I've put in the work for over a decade. Now, if at any point in time in this in that decade, uh, you know, I woke up not feeling so great or I thought to myself, shit, I have to be up before 4 a.m. this morning, I would have given up. But because it is a genuine, worthwhile pursuit, by my estimation, no one else's, right? I'm yeah. still, I'm here, you know? I came into the office, made myself a cup of coffee and sat down so we could do this. And I'm going to continue doing this for as long as my brain can still work and I can actually physically get to where I need to. Short of that. As long as people still want to listen to what we have to say. There you go. (laughs) There you go. So I see matric results are coming out in dribs and drabs at the moment. So we mentioned Uma Lucy at the start of the show. Yeah. And... This is a, an especially important time for uh, a lot of metrics. This is like a lot of hopes and dreams are attached to those results. Yeah. But honestly, like I know it's been a long time for me, but I have not thought about my metric results for at least the last 25 years. <laughs> so, if yeah. it makes, so if it makes you feel better, if you are waiting for your metric results and you're a bit nervous about them, you've got you know, you want to get into university or you're hoping that you don't have to rewrite some subject or you hope you didn't fail completely. Mm-hmm. I know we attach a huge amount of importance to metric results, but honestly, it's not that big a deal. And I'm not saying this to make a bunch of weaklings feel better about themselves yeah. if they're actually just lazy and losers. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that there are probably a few people who are, you know, they've been told that everything hinges on your metric and it really doesn't. It it yeah it doesn't. I mean like, um, there's a lot of people that I know that did not do well uh, in matric, but they're living their best lives right now. It's it's mm-hmm. you have to have you have to have a backbone, man. You need to stand up and go for the life that you want to live. And everyone has obstacles. Every single person alive has got some sort of problem in front of them that they have to deal with. And if your particular problem is the fact that you didn't do well in matric, it does not, it's not an indicator that you should just give up. It should be. I think what you said, what you said just now about like people who you were at school with who didn't do so well in matric Mm. and they've gone on to have pretty good lives and they, they get to do some of the things they really enjoy doing. So what are you worried about? Like, again. Just keep it pushing. <laughs> Just keep matric, it pushing. Because we both know that there are going to be a lot of kids all over South Africa this morning who are very, very worried about these matric results. Just mm. all I'm saying is, don't worry. It'll be okay. In fact, come to think about it, your life starts now. No matter what you got right. in matric, I don't care what, what your results were, okay? I really right. couldn't give a damn. Your life starts now. Right. Mm. Absolutely. Okay. What else do you want to throw in before we uh, wrap up the first hour this morning and we get to Democracy 101 in the next hour of the show, which is very exciting. This is part of what we're doing in the lead up to the elections to help all of us make better uh, choices to, to be able to play a part in our own future. Imagine being one of those people who's given up on your own future. What mm. else do you want to talk about? Uh, so uh, we've been, yeah, speaking about politics. Uh, there's a funny side to politics sometimes, right? So uh, I, I've recently become a major fan of American sports. So I watch the NBA, the NFL, and mm. the NFL are going through their playoffs at this point in time. 
And the Dallas Cowboys, you know, predictably, lost their match against the Green Bay Packers. But what's funny to me is the fact that Americans, are, or at least people in Texas, are blaming Ted Cruz. And the man wasn't even in attendance. So as it turns out, uh, for the past couple of years, whenever he would attend the match, they would lose. This time around, he tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) So this time around, he tweeted. And they got walloped, okay? At some point, by halftime, there were, what, 46 to 6 points? It it was just it it was a walkover. They shouldn't have even shown up to the stadium. And Americans are going in at Ted Cruz, which made me think about it. Right, like politicians have done such a bad job that they be they've honestly yeah. become scapegoats. Like so, whenever something goes wrong, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a bad sports game or whatever, but we'll find a way to blame them, which is what Ted Cruz is going through right now. Uh, I just hate where politics and sport intersect. Yeah. I always find that just a depressing, you know, area of overlap. I don't like that at all. It's um, I don't know much about this, but I also think that what comes in to the Green Bay Packers versus the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of it is political because the one, the one team is from a very blue city yeah. and uh, very much Democrat. The other is owned by and 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 very much uh, supported by Republicans. Mm-hmm. I can't help thinking, like it's a proxy for the election yeah. in some way, right? Yeah. So obviously, you're going to have Democrats rallying behind the Green Bay Packers, going to have Republicans rallying behind the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So it becomes like a this is a mini. Uh, stadium version where it's it's suddenly safe for you to like get really really passionate about this because you're not allowed to talk about the politics of it necessarily in polite yeah. company. The, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's actually hilarious um, that <laughs> the 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 Cowboys haven't like yeah. done anything of real note since 1996, Gareth. Like the right. last time they won a Super Bowl <laughs> was 1996, and yet. Every year, they will be the first group of fans to tell you that we're going to win the Super Bowl, right? We're going to win this. So I, it's hilarious to me that uh, somehow uh, Ted Cruz, who's one of the most disliked <laughs> members of, uh, you know, the, the South Africa, uh, not South African, the American diaspora, if I can put it that way, he's like, this man doesn't get a break at all. And we're talking about a team oh. that hasn't done anything Look, in 28 again, years. It's hilarious. I'm to not going to say I'm not going to say <laughs> I know anything about this. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert in any of this information that you're giving me. Yeah. Uh, all I know is that is that politics has made its way uh, disappointingly. Yeah. Into every part of our lives, and I just I, I hate that. I like that. The, there's got to be a place where sport can just be sport. Yeah. Anyway. True. Uh, I think a couple of interesting things here that I just wanted to refer to this quickly before we take a break. Mm. Um, Mapelo says, Gareth, did you stop having those dreams where you're in an exam room and really unprepared? I'm still having them. I think everybody when when they're writing important exams at university or at school has those dreams, those bad dreams where you – you are in the exam room and you don't know anything and it's uh, really? it's all foreign to you and you yeah 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 and I think like years ago I haven't had them for years but nah, I don't remember having them at all. Still going through it. I do not remember them ha- having them at all. To be honest with you, maybe I just didn't take school seriously. Who knows? Well, good for you. Um, HML says, however, doesn't a trick result only demonstrate that you're able to complete something that you start? For future employment. Obviously, if you go down the entrepreneurial route, matric is fairly pointless. But yeah, I do think that's probably a good point. Is that if you if you start in grade one and you finish with your matric, at least you have completed school. Um, mm. We have a huge problem in South Africa where millions and millions of people start in grade one and then somewhere along the way up to matric they drop out. Yeah, it 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 does indicate that uh, you're willing to stick with something. Or on the other hand, you've actually got really strict parents who wouldn't let you just quit. Well, I mean, listen, again, you'll meet people who didn't even finish school Mm. who might be doing very well for themselves. But you'll also meet people who didn't finish school who are complete losers. Yep, definitely. Definitely. 
It's just mindset. Swings and roundabouts. Mm -hmm. All right. It's seven o'clock. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be back in uh, just a couple of minutes to let you know about what's happening in Democracy 101. One of our brand new shows that we started end of last year that is, um, I think, going to be very informative and helpful, especially for people who are gearing up for the elections this year, just a few months away. That's coming up next. Stick around. Cliffcentral.com. Don't you go anywhere. Cliffcentral.com.